Welcome to episode 234 of the Digital Tourism Show, sponsored by ResDay. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of the Digital Tourism Show. As you can see, still in self-isolation, uh, working from home. So last week, um, we recorded our first ever Digital Tourism Show live, where you guys asked me questions and I hopefully helped answer them. So this special edition is a recording of that live show, so hopefully that you enjoy and hopefully it will be the first of many. So stay safe and I'll see you again soon. So thank you everyone uh, for joining us on the first ever Digital Tourism Show Live. Um, I hope this all goes well. Uh, never never done this in this platform or did a live version of the show before. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, whether we use this platform for a future uh, live show, we shall see. Or if there's an appetite for the live show, uh, we'll hopefully do some more going forward. Um, I have been uh, sent quite a few questions, as you can imagine. I, I, I had a form prior to this uh, uh, this video being, uh, being live. Uh, or this uh, webinar and people had sent in some questions so i have selected a few questions here about five or six questions which i'll work my way through um uh, but if you do have a question at any point um please do mention it in the chat i shall hopefully get around to that at some point um, i'm going to finish uh, in about an hour's time um or, or there or thereabouts uh try and cram in as much as i can um, so if you do have a question as i say mention it in the chat but also if you do want to ask it live on on the show um, just let me know and I will ask you to unmute at that point and then you can ask the question and hopefully I can help answer that as well. So as I say, this is the first one, so we'll just sort of see how it goes. Um, so what I'll do is I'll just get stuck into the first question. Uh, in fact, what was first safer, obviously I'm not in my normal surroundings in the office. Um, I'm doing as as many other people are, are doing just now is working from home because of the coronavirus. Um, it's 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 been devastating for a lot of different sectors and different uh, businesses, but specifically hospitality and, of course, the tourism activities and travel sector. Um, it's it's going to be tough roads ahead, um, but I'm hoping that platforms like this and many other platforms can help offer advice and guidance as much as possible. Um, and actually, what I, I will also say is if you keep looking out on the Digital Tourism Show Facebook group, um, or, or if you're signed up to my email marketing list, in terms of when I because I offer lots of free marketing advice through my email campaigns on the digital, uh, sorry, the tourism marketing agency website for my agency. If you sign up to the newsletter on there, I send up lots and lots of free advice. Um, tomorrow, I am launching uh, or sending out to everyone on that list and putting it out onto many many platforms uh, a coronavirus battle plan. So it's like a, a guide to marketing during this crisis. Um, it's jam-packed full of information uh, in terms of what you can do and maybe just spurring on some inspiration and in different aspects of what you think you can do for your own business in terms of maybe new markets, etc. and what you can do for uh, your own business. So that will be going out tomorrow. It's free. Um, it's going to be a free download for everyone. So please share this uh, guide to everyone that you can in your, in your local businesses, your communities. If it helps one person, it's done its job. Um, so uh, that will be released tomorrow, as I say. Um, so uh, if you look out on the tourismmarketing.agency website, um, tomorrow there will be a link on there. 
for the coronavirus guide as well, which you can then uh, download. So look out for that and hopefully it'll help everyone. Um, and that leads on uh, to the first question. Uh, as you can imagine, the coronavirus uh, uh, has been uh, on everyone's minds. Uh, so I've received a few questions about the coronavirus. Um, so I have one from Sakiri. Um, Kirio, I hope I pronounced that right, from Discover France, uh, who has asked, what would your advice be for short-term measures for tour operators that may get severely impacted by travel restrictions due to the coronavirus? Now, this is a good question, and I know it's one that's on everyone's lips. Um, my guide, as I say, offers lots of advice that you can take for uh, to help market your business and maybe some steps that you can maybe think about in terms of your product ranges, as I say. But in terms of the short term, the only thing I could advise on is, is try to target and create products for the local market. So although tourists might not be able to fly in for various restrictions, especially with flights and, and destinations going into lockdown, and though just a few minutes ago before we came live on air, um, Spain have announced that all hotels will be closed from the 24th of March. So there's obviously going to be, that's going to have a massive impact on on many destinations, uh, specifically Spain, but that will happen in many other destinations, I'm sure, across the world. So for the short term, the only real option, unless there's some sort of martial law where no one can leave their homes, is that you have to concentrate on the local market. Focus on that. Focus on the local market. Create what products that you can generate to help other businesses in the local market, but also what your locals and, and, and people within your destination can do. So you know, people will be fed up <laughs> being stuck in their house, uh, homes and their houses. They will want to be able to get out if they can, if they're allowed to, um, or they want to do something. So targeting your local businesses and your local community with tours, getting them to come out in tours, getting them to come out in small numbers, always do it in small numbers. So make sure it's small groups um, so you're limiting contact. Get them out to take them out on tour as much as you can uh, and support that local community. That would be one aspect you can do short term. And the reason why I'm saying this is, and it's what I'm advising a lot of people, is this is not going to go away, unfortunately, anytime soon. Um, I suspect that this um, will have a rolling effect across the world for at least six months. Um, no, we're going to sort of see uh, lots of nervous people, lots of nervous uh, uh, tourists not wanting to travel uh, or book any travel for at least six months. Again, why I'm saying you need to maybe focus on the local market. Uh, but this is going to have a, a, a detrimental effect pretty much for most of the season. So what we're advising people is if you can, set up initiatives just now for 2021. Create early bird discounts in terms of what people can uh, produce and promote. Um, sorry, Peter. Uh, sorry, Paul. I see that you have this set to presenting. Um, uh, if you can make sure that you're not presenting uh, at the moment. Um, so being able to uh, Cater for the local market, as I say, for 2021, or for your future market, sorry, for 2021. Focus on that. Uh, focus on early bird discounts to try and drum up as much business as possible and, and generate cash flow now for bringing in deposits, 
even look at things like subscription payments, allowing your potential customers to pay over a longer term um, to allow you to generate some sort of cash flow just now. Um, like I said, I know it's not going to be easy. Well, staff will no doubt have to be laid off. You'll probably have to lay off certain tour guides or at least put them on a break for a time being, especially if your uh, worst affected areas will have to do something like that. But look at the various options. No, no, There's no right or wrong option here. If you want your business to survive, you're going to have to do things that you maybe not necessarily have uh, do just now. So looking at local markets, looking at creating extended cancellation policies, looking at offering subscription-based model where you can take payments over a longer period. So when customers, so when things do improve, customers can then select a date and book up a tour at that time. Whatever it takes to make your business survive, that's what you have to do. Um, so my guide, as I say, which will be released tomorrow um, across various, various different platforms, will offer more advice in terms of how you can market your business during the coronavirus. And hopefully, as I say, if it helps one person, Hopefully it will help. So, um, but in the short term, local is the way to go. Uh, but also thinking about marketing for next season at the moment. So, in terms of the uh, coronavirus, yeah, short term, local markets. Um, obviously, this is dependent on any lockdowns or anything that your government's put in place. But uh, look at what you can do long term for the next season. Uh, so that would probably be the best thing you can do at the moment. So I'm going to move on to the second question, uh, and that was from Keith uh, Swenson. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that one right, uh, who is from Stonehorse, Mongolia. Um, Keith, I'm going to ask you to unmute if you can, uh, and then you can ask your, your question live on it. Great. Thanks for that. Uh, and uh, I uh, hope everybody makes it through this coronavirus uh, issue because uh, we're dealing with it the same way everybody else is. Um, the question I have uh, is that uh, we use social media a great deal, as I suppose everybody else does. Uh, but the focus would, uh, of my question was on Facebook and how we can use Facebook to better uh, market ourselves and basically to get more bookings through Facebook. We have a lot of followers, but it's just not coming through with the bookings that we uh, we would anticipate that the, a social media site like that could generate. And I know you've talked about it before, Chris, how you can improve uh, your social marketing and booking through Facebook. So if we could just kind of uh, go over, you know, here's some ideas from you and uh, some ways we can improve uh, our messaging and, and, and get bookers uh, uh, through yeah. the Facebook page. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so uh, what I can certainly advise is when it comes to Facebook, um, Facebook is very different in terms of uh, when it comes to marketing in terms of the, the approach you need to take. So unlike um, something like Google Ads, for example, um, people are already searching for something specific and maybe already at a stage where they're more inclined to buy because they are actively looking for something. Whereas on Facebook, that's certainly not the case. No, it's a social media platform. They go into Facebook to post up um, stories, things that's happening in their day, talk to their family and friends, see what's going on uh, with that. So it's not a platform that people go on to necessarily to buy a product. So you have to take them along what I call a journey uh, to first know your business, then trust your business, and then and only then will they be uh, more inclined to buy at that stage. So 
creating ads uh, to drum up uh, and, and generate more Facebook followers and things like that is fairly easy. But it actually gets them to to buy something. It's a lot more difficult. So uh, as I've mentioned in my book, um, which is now available for free, um, again, because of the coronavirus, I published uh, my, my digital copy of my book is now free for anyone to download. Again, you can get that from, from the tourismmarketing.agency website. Um, that mentions something about what's called a Facebook funnel. Um, uh, and there's actually a help video with, uh, within that as well, but as part of the, the book. Um, so basically the way the funnel works is, is it takes your customer along a journey. Um, so that you would first create what I call a high value piece of content, which is normally something like a blog, something like uh, it would be more aimed like a travel guide about your destination. And what you want to do is set up uh, an initial ad to drive your targeted audience. So, so for example, say you, uh, you are in Mongolia, say you most of your customers come from the US, uh, which I know at the moment is a little harder, but say they come from the US. You want to target people uh, in the US or in specific states um, to visit that travel guide or that landing page that you have created to try and get as much of that traffic onto your website as possible. So, that's what that ad does, and that's what the, the sole purpose of that ad is to try and drive people to that landing page. You then want to set up um, a second ad to ask people to sign up to an email marketing list uh, of more travel guides. So this is giving them something back of value. So we're doing this for uh, a business called uh, Local Food Adventures, uh, a food tour company uh, in Oakland. Um, so for them, we have uh, we're creating a, a six-part email series which talks about their destination. Again, very content-driven, very um, sort of along the guide, along the lines of a, a travel guide. And these are plain text emails. Uh, it looks as if it came from, from uh, the owner's own email box um, set up ahead of time. So these are plain text emails with an email signature at the bottom, um, asking people to sign up to that. But if they also sign up to that, they are getting a downloadable PDF, which happens to be because she's in food tours, happens to be a, a, a cookbook and it's made it's, it's offering a select few recipes from the chefs of people who she goes out and tour with and, and takes the hard customers out to, to visit so that's to entice them to leave the their email address and name to get that download as well as receive the email marketing list and that email marketing list will have soft links off to uh, the various products on our website, but it does not sell in any way. It's just basically making reference to things. Um, so that's what the whole that whole premise of that is for. So that's to help build up the trust in your business. You then set up a third ad. And this is to help build up trust. And this ad would normally be either another piece, high value piece of content, but preferably a video, a 60 second video highlighting your experience. Um, it doesn't need to be a, a polished video. It could be something filmed on a on an iPhone or or, or a phone, uh, and it's you showing. This is what you can see when you, if you go out on tour with me. And uh, this is what you can uh, highlight, showing little highlights, maybe even little hidden gems that other operators that are in your area don't show. Um, and even if you can, uh, five to ten seconds of that video, it's uh, you filming one of your customers that if you've taken out on tour, offering a little testimonial about how good you are and that would be part of the, the sort of the third ad which would target people who visited the the landing page but also downloaded uh, the guide or signed up to the email marketing list so what you're doing is you're taking your your customers down that journey and and and, and taking them down the funnel 
to weed out the time wasters, people who would never basically buy from you, uh, to you get to the people who really are interested in what you do and who want to buy. So then you would have maybe a fourth ad, or you would have a fourth ad. So you have all these ads running in tight at the same time. Uh, so you're, you're, as your customers go down the journey, they will all be served different things at the various times. Um, so by the time you get to the fourth ad, this is when you start more asking for the sale. It's more advertising the product. But because you have warmed them up through the content you have created during that time, they'll be more inclined to buy. And that's what I feel is the best approach when it comes to Facebook advertising. There's something along those lines. Again, if you, uh, Keith, if you download, and if for anyone that is listening, if you download the book, which if you haven't already got, which is free, um, there is uh, you are able to sign up onto the, the the accompanying website for free, and you'll be able to see videos on this as well as some other guides and worksheets as well. So, um, I hope that answers your question in a sort of roundabout way. Um, but that the guide in the book should hopefully help you give more information on that. Great. I mean, we're doing some of those things, so we just have to expand it. Yeah, as I say, I'm happy to offer advice. So if you want to uh, email me and show me maybe in more detail of what it is you're doing, I can maybe offer some advice on that in terms of, of how I would approach it. There might just be one little thing in there that I can maybe say try this and that might uh, might think, uh, solve things for you. So feel free to email me and I can certainly uh, maybe go into a little bit more in depth for you. Great, yeah, we'll do that. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for asking the question on my live on the show. So I'm going to go to my next question, which was from Gavin Johnston of Inverness Taxis here, here in Scotland, where I'm based. Uh, and he's asked where, and this is a question I do get asked a, a lot of, uh, uh, to be fair, especially from uh, smaller operators or, or maybe people who are, uh, are not maybe too au fait with marketing and that type of thing, is where can I find contact details for inbound agents? Um, the only real way is to go out and source that yourself. Um, uh, I think you mean by inbound agents, you mean you know, customers as well. And I think that was mentioned in your uh, in your question. Is there is no nothing out there that you can basically download a list of people who are uh, traveling or who are potential agents or customers. Um, and God forbid, never ever ever purchase. Uh, a marketing list. They are a complete waste of time. They're always out of date and it actually goes against GDPR and everything else these days. So never, ever, ever buy uh, a marketing list. The best, most effective way to do it, similar to what I mentioned in the Facebook funnel, is to have something on your website that offers high value. Have that, uh, I set up a Facebook ad, a Google ad, whatever that would be, to drive targeted traffic, people who you want to target to that piece of content. Get them to sign up to an email marketing list uh, as long as that provides good content. And then from there, you can start to slowly build up your email marketing lists. And it's one of the reasons why that is part of the funnel. I should have mentioned to Keith there, sorry. As one of the reasons why you build up the email marketing list is you can then upload that information into Facebook to then target those people specifically with other ads and marketing. But not only that, once you get to about a 1,000 people on the list, uh, you can then upload that information again into Facebook to create what's called a lookalike audience. And Facebook will then look at that, look at your list and find people with similar interests and similar demographics, etc. from that list to then, so you can then build up another list of who is potential customers that you can market to. So that's why these days, email marketing list isn't just about sending out periodic emails. It, it's such an important aspect which can be used for paid advertising as well. So if you're not already 
building up email marketing lists, you have to start now. Um, and like I say, when it comes to Facebook to do that type of thing, you need a thousand uh, people within your email list. And those thousand people all have to come from the same destination. So if you are targeting the US, you need to have a thousand people on that list from the US, a thousand people from the UK, a thousand people from Australia, wherever, wherever it is you have to be, uh, wherever it is you're from. Um, that's when Facebook can then use that to then try and find uh, people who are similar interests and everything like that as well. So never buy marketing lists, use email campaigns, use content, build that up yourself. It does take time, but through time, you'll have a stronger list uh, that you can then use for your own marketing going forward. Uh, and it's the best way you can do it. Uh, it certainly, it seriously is. Uh, so the next question uh, is from Valor Saverson. I hope I pronounced that one right. Uh, I believe it is who, uh, who is from your friend in Reykjavik, so from Iceland. Uh, how do you think it's best to make customers not be afraid to book on your site? Meaning putting their credit card into a widget on a random site. Uh, to be honest, um, as a question I get asked every now and again as well, um, I think these days, more and more people are more inclined to book online. That's just tends to be the done thing. In fact, you know, people are getting more um, confident with booking online. As long as your website has the right security uh, measures in place in terms of SSL certificates, uh, if you're using an external platform for booking, those booking platforms have to abide by strict PCI laws, so they should be uh, fully uh, compliant uh, and secure for that side of things as well. So um, so I, I don't see it being much of an issue. Uh, maybe for certain demographics, like an older demographic, um, they are maybe more inclined not, uh, or maybe a little bit more nervous to book online. As long as you give them the peace of mind uh, that it's secure, um, it should be an issue. Now, certainly one of the things I would say as well is, is by with the content that you put out there or, or if your website has um, good, sh shows off good uh, TripAdvisor reviews or whatever platform you use and you have them uh, in a prominent place on your website that shows you are a trusted company, people won't really have an issue booking with you. Um, as long as you show that you're a trusted company, you show that you have all the, the, the restrictions in place in terms of SSL certificates, uh, secure, um, and your website's not broken. Uh, if, if your website is broken in any way or the purchase journey is terrible, um, or if you click, which I've seen many times before, if you click a book button, but it goes off to some strange looking website that wasn't the website that someone was on initially, that can also install distrust in your brand because people think, where am I going? Has this website been hacked? Has this been this? Has this been that? So just make sure that you're doing everything in your, that you can with your website that makes it not broken, that makes it the user journey uh, as good as possible. Um, and people will book, highlight re uh, reviews, show your worth, show your trust, and people will book from you. Uh, okay. So next question. Ross, Canfield from MMJ. Um, what is the three most effective ways, sorry, efficient ways for a new business to spend marketing dollars to attract paying guests? That's a good question. Uh, three ways. First way would be, again, would be Facebook. Facebook is, in my opinion, the cheapest 
most effective or can be most effective um, if done right uh, and most targeted marketing platform out there. So if you're going to do, if you're a new business, if you're going to do any paid advertising whatsoever, make it Facebook. Now, don't get me wrong, Google Ads is vastly important for many businesses. Um, we do a lot of Google Ads for our own customers and they see great success with it. But you do need to have a decent budget for the most part when it comes to Google Ads because you're you're going against OTAs for some of the time. You're going against other businesses who are vying for that same and bidding for that same real estate on, on Google's first page. So if you can afford Google Ads, certainly do it. But I would say Facebook is certainly the cheapest, most effective way for any business, especially those that are starting out. So I would certainly do that. And the Facebook funnel would be one of them. Uh, one of the other ways I would say to spend on marketing is, and it's it's one that people a lot of people don't do because it doesn't give them instant inquiries or instant bookings or anything like that, would be SEO and content. Uh, you have to think long-term. You have to think what it is, uh, where is your business going to be in 12 months' time. Um, if you can create a stronger organic social, uh, organic presence on, on Google, for example, it will set you up better in the long run. So Facebook advertising would certainly be the first one I would suggest. SEO and writing really good content, publishing that content on your website uh, and, and making sure your website is optimized would be the second thing I would highly suggest that you work on. SEO and content should always be worked on while you're paid advertising. Your paid advertising should be hopefully bringing in inquiries and revenues quicker, um, if not instantly, uh, or at least uh, over a, a short period of time. While that's happening, work on your SEO and content at the same time. So for longer term and longer strategy, that's where that will come into play. Um, to give you a, a prime example, uh, for my own business, uh, we uh, in the past used to do lots of Google ads, Facebook advertising, that type of thing, as, as any business would. Uh, for the last two and a half, three years, I've been putting a, I made a conscious decision uh, to put out lots and lots of free content. And so through my audio and video podcast, The Digital Tourism Show, through all the blogs that I write, through my book, through um, the guide, uh, the coronavirus guide that I'm going to release tomorrow, as well as a whole host of other webinars and everything else. Uh, because I put out so much content, most, uh, if not all of the inquiries my business now gets is through, if not word of mouth, it's through the content. Someone has saw a piece of content, saw one of my videos, read one of my blog posts, read my book, and they come and they make an inquiry through my website. I pretty much, my business pretty much spends no money on paid advertising now because we have spent two or three years building up our social, pre our organic presence rather, um, on Google uh, and just our presence in general in terms of my own personal brand, the brand of the business, um, highlighting why we feel we are good at what we do highlighting my own expertise, um, et cetera, et cetera. So if you can do that, building up your SEO and your, your content, it's why my book says that you shouldn't run a tourism business. You should become a media company. Uh, and by becoming a media company is you're putting out lots and lots of content relevant to what you do, which supplements what you do as a tourism business, as a tour and operator, as an activity business. By becoming a media company, that's what will set you up long-term. It'll make you a stronger business especially through times like what we are at now with the coronavirus. Uh, it's vastly important. And I think now 
more and more businesses will see that because of the, 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 the pandemic we're in just now and the crisis we're in just now, that the content and SEO is going to be key for a lot of businesses going forward. So SEO certainly be the second one. In terms of the third one, uh, I would say video. Uh, video is hands down one of the best marketing platforms you can use, or what marketing tools rather you can use. So putting out lots of really good, meaningful content from the perspective of, of you, of your tour guides, uh, of your staff, because it helps humanize your brand. It helps humanize your business. People buy people at the end of the day. Um, you know, gone are the days of faceless corporations. Um, people trust other businesses if they can see a person at the other end of of the website, the phone, or you know, the, the content by showing people and humanizing your brand is, is in my opinion, the best way forward. Um, so video is one of the best ways you can do that. Uh, and again, it's one of the reasons why I rely so heavily on video uh, as well as audio content. So, so those would be the three that I would suggest. Uh, Zach, uh, so I'm just going to grab a little quick uh, cup of coffee to wet my throat. Okay. So Zach uh, from Knox Brewers. Thank you, Zach. What is the most important thing on your website? Good question. Uh, I would actually say there's more than there's more than one, uh, but if I had to pick one, I would say it is. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would say it is reviews. Um, but having your reviews prominent, specifically on your homepage. Now, I'm probably right in my thought here that most of you guys watching this um, uh, who have their own websites, and you ha- hopefully most of you have really good reviews on TripAdvisor, for example, that you get your TripAdvisor badge of excellence, so your five-star uh, badge for your, for your business, and what normally happens is you stick it down on the footer of your website where nobody sees it. Um, it's the worst place you could put uh, a, 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 your review badge or anything that's there to help build trust in your business. So what I always advise, is, especially on the homepage, is when you have your main menu at the top, then you have your, say, your big image or video um, banner with the text overlaying that. Say you have that uh, there, right underneath that, as long as it's still within the viewable area um, of the homepage, when someone lands on your initial homepage from the browser, that initial screen, you have a bar just under your main banner uh, showing badges of your reviews from TripAdvisor, Facebook, you know, five-star TripAdvisor, five-star Facebook, five-star Google, 4.5, whatever, it, whatever it, would be, it would be, that should be visible. So we call that in the trade above the fold. So above the fold is the old term for um, uh, when newspapers when newspapers get folded over and they're put on the shelf, that's the above the fold because it's before the page the, the newspaper gets folded. So that's uh, that initial screen that people land on on their home on your homepage or on your landing page. Make sure they see your logo, navigation, your main banner with some good text, and then your review reviews straight underneath that. That helps build up trust initially in the eyes of your customers. So if someone sees that, um, uh, that would be the that would be one that would be the aspect I would say that you have to have in place on your homepage. Every business should have that. Um, hopefully if you have good reviews. Um, so that would be the first thing I would say. Um, if I had to pick another, uh, I would say 
Mm. I would say it's a user journey. Um, I hate to see websites with menu systems that are drop-down menus that are three and four deep, uh, things like that, especially when it comes to um, mobiles. It makes it really, really hard to, to navigate. Um, so if you can uh, not ha have really complicated menu systems on your website, you know, when someone gets to your book button or your inquiry button, they should get there and no more than three clicks. So someone lands on your homepage, they want maybe want to scroll down a little bit, find out more about your business, and then they see a product, your homepage should always have at least two or three products, main products on your homepage. Click on one of the products, that's your first click. They view the information there about the product, they're happy with that product, your book button is at the side, and then they click book or inquiry. So it can actually be done within two clicks. But if you have to go through another, an extra step, three clicks at the very, very most. So that's for two reasons. One is because it makes the user journey more fluid and quicker for your potential customer to get to your book button quicker and make the inquiry or book quicker. But also when it comes to Google, um, if your pages are, are considered more than three levels deep within your structure of your website, Google sees them as less relevant. So if you have main product pages that are four, five, six pages deep, they're not going to be seen as well as pages on the first, second, or third uh, sort of structure. So that's that's the other thing that I would say. Make sure your navigation is clear, it's clean. Your main product pages are not more than three pages deep. Uh, uh, that would be, yes, for one, I've given you two. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that helps. Uh, so the last question I have here on my list, uh, before I move on to any questions that you guys may have that you want me to answer, is from Kay Hoying from K Tours. Uh, hi, Kay. Again, I hope I pronounced your last name right. Um, what's your advice to stand out and compete with OTAs through organic search results for my website? Do I have to pay for ads in, other, in order to be competitive? Good question. Um, unfortunately, well, I'll say what I'm about to say prior to what has happened with the coronavirus. Um, prior to the coronavirus, I would say that you will never compete directly with an OTA in paid advertising. They have deeper pockets. They have more resources. Uh, and although I won't mention some, uh, it's something I might be uh, producing soon. Um, I have noticed that some OTAs, even not, they don't just have their own website in terms of people landing on, say, for example, TripAdvisor, viewing a listing and making a booking. They are actually, um, this is not TripAdvisor, it's someone else I found. Um, they are actually creating landing pages specifically for uh, other destinations. So they're not only creating ads for their main platform, they are creating ads for landing pages they have specifically created for specific areas. The Colosseum being one, or the Rome, for example. So they're trying to flood Google with as much paid advertising space as they can, uh, which is pushing everyone else down. It's driving the cost per click up, uh, making it harder for operators to compete. They are doing this to try and fight against other OTAs to try and get them out of, of that space, uh, that real estate. Um, but unfortunately, it's obviously 
having an effect on operators as well. Uh, when it comes to so uh, organic reach, this is where you can, you can still compete against an OTA. Uh, if you have good content, if it's well written, don't get me wrong, SEO and organic ranking can take and does take a long time to rank. No, gone are the days where you can post up something and it can rank within a couple of weeks or a couple of months. That very rarely happens. Uh, from our, from research, it could take over a year for a, a page to properly rank on page one if it's been optimized correctly. So it is a long-term strategy, but it's something that every business needs to do and should do. Um, but I would say that's one of the aspects that you can compete against an OTA because OTAs will have content that's similar to other OTAs because it's been that content that's been put out through a channel manager and it's just been distributed out to, to everyone. Um, if you can make your content more unique and relevant on your own website and it's well optimized and you have a really good website and optimized website, that's where you can still compete with. Um, it does take time, but you can still compete. Now, in saying that, now with the advent of the coronavirus, um, and I actually mentioned this in the guide that I am releasing tomorrow, um, this opens up some opportunities for you guys, the, the tour operators, the activity providers, to gain more ground for direct bookings. Why? Because OTAs are, or any REST system OTAs, you name it, they are all also going to be massively impacted by the coronavirus. So if operators aren't getting bookings, the OTAs are certainly not getting bookings. So what they're going to have to do is tailor some of their paid advertising back because of generating less revenue. Um, uh, they're going to no doubt have to get rid of staff as well, unfortunately. That's, uh, although I have strong feelings against some of the practices of OTAs, I never want to see anyone out of a job, um, especially during this time, which would be horrendous. Um, there are opportunities for you now to, to market direct because they will be spending less money on advertising. They will be spending less resources on things. Um, so this gives you an opportunity for you to work on your SEO, for you to work on your content, and possibly, if you can afford it, do a little bit more um, or spend some of your budget on paid advertising to see if you can compete eventually with the OTAs. But certainly on the, the SEO and organic side of things, there's going to be some opportunities there. So OTAs will be spending less money. And I I feel that the because of what's happening, I unfortunately feel that one of the OTAs or some res system or whatever it be will unfortunately well unfortunately have to close its doors. Uh, as again, as I say, I don't want to see that happening. I'm hoping it does not come to that. Um, but uh, I think we're going to see more more fallout from what's happening at the moment. Um, so it's going to open up more opportunities for tour operators to market themselves direct. So that's something I certainly would consider that you guys think about and do. Um, so that was the questions I have here. Uh, I can see there's maybe some questions in the chat. Uh, let me just have a wee quick look and see, see what we have. If you do have a question, put it in the chat and I'll happily sort of see if I can answer them. So, Sakiri, ah, so you, because you, you, you were one of the ones that asked the question previously. As far as I know, the Italian government allows tour operators to uh, reuse, refuse refunds, and only offer rescheduling as an option. In France's recommendation, what is the situation situation in other countries? 
Um, what are the tips to handle refund requests to favour rescheduling? Um, again, I actually mentioned this in the guide. Um, whatever possible, uh, there's a two two aspects to this. Whatever possible, um, ask them to postpone to a future date. Say, no, I would hope that most tourists understand what's happening in the industry. Um, if you can guarantee them, or at least say to them and give them peace of mind to sort of say, look, obviously we can't take you out on tour just now. Can we postpone this to a future date? Uh, we'll give you credit. Um, so you can, you, you are able to visit our destination or you are able to, to, to come out on tour with us. We will give you, uh, we'll honour that tour. If, if anything, uh, I would try and add more value to it. Yes, that may mean more cost to you. But it might mean the difference from them completely cancelling or for you making uh, either breaking even or making a small piece of revenue from it. So if you can add even more value to it, that could be an extra stop in the tour or giving them a free lunch or whatever it would be that would entice your customers. Add more value to it to entice them to not cancel, basically. Um, uh, when it comes to actually cancellations, uh, as you mentioned there, um, some destinations are saying you, you, you can refuse uh, that. Uh, I think that's a wrong approach. I know they're doing this to to try and safeguard businesses. Um, it's, it's a difficult one, but in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion, uh, I feel that if you are going to battle against your customers and fight against taking all the money and refuse uh, that they can refuse them that they're going to get the money back you have essentially lost that customer for life um, it's going to damage your brand's reputation so you have to weigh up what's going to be more important to you uh, in terms of that um, if you damage your brand's reputation you will they will just you will never see that customer again they will end up no telling other customers potential people that you can uh, and give you bad reviews on social media, all these other things as well. You have to weigh up, is that going to be worth it in the long run? It's a difficult one because you want to keep the money for your cash flow and making sure your business survives. But you've also got to think long-term. So if it, was a, if it was a possibility of any refunds or cancellations, I would say offer 50%. That may be a good compromise. Give half their money back and just say, you've already spent money on things that... Uh, I'll be put in place for their tour. We can offer you half the refund. Uh, you can even mention to sort of say that certain governments are saying we're not allowed to offer you refunds. No, mention this in your, in your email to them saying, look, it's, a, it's Italian government's policy or it's whatever that your destination's policy to say we're not allowed to offer you refunds, but we value your custom. We want to see you back. So uh, don't tell our government. I'm going to give you 50% of your money back. Uh, to 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 hopefully bring you back again, and if you do come back um, uh, and take out one of our tours, we'll offer you some more added value, whatever that would be down the line. So there's ways you could spin it, marketing wise. Um, it's just how you play it, and it's just how important your brand reputation is. Um, it's a tricky one. It really is. Uh, there is no right and wrong. You have to just go with your gut and and sort of see. Uh, what one's going to be better for you. But personally, for me, brand reputation is highly important. If you want to try and get that customer back, um, that's what I would sort of do. Try and offer some sort of refund um, if you are determined to, re to, to ask for a refund.
give them fifty percent back at least, uh, and see how that goes. Uh, I hope that helps. Okay. Um, has this been recorded? Yes, it is. Um, uh, the video has been recorded and will be published within the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, so, second question again from Sakiri. What are the cultural norms regarding marketing in the corona period? Any tips on how to be sensitive uh, to the urgency and still keep marketing? Um, uh, as I said at the very beginning of the video, I think you may have missed that. Um, there uh, is a guide. I have put together a guide um, called the Coronavi Coronavirus Battle Plan. So it's a marketing guide to uh, to help understand how you can market your business during this period. Uh, that's been released tomorrow. Um, so this will be out on our, my website, other websites, Facebook. It'll be everywhere um, on other platforms like Tourpreneur and Arrival and you name it. So it's going to be out everywhere. Um, so this is a guide on how you can market your business during this crisis. So that's what I would say is download that um, and see if that helps your business uh, at all. Um, not only that, um, if you haven't already, I've got a copy of my book. Um, if you go to our website, you can actually get a free digital copy of my book, um, which will offer lots and lots of free advice on how you can obviously market your business as well. But anyone who does sign up to get that free copy of that book will automatically get the coronavirus guide uh, when that is released tomorrow as well. So uh, look out for that guide and that will hopefully help you in terms of marketing. But in terms, just to quickly answer part of your question, do not stop marketing. Um, I know it will be hard for some businesses, especially with cash flow, specifically with revenue not coming in uh, or potentially not coming in. Uh, but do not stop marketing, even if it's just SEO and content, as I mentioned. Uh, if you stop marketing completely, um, you, may, you may as well give up in your business, in my opinion. Um, it, op it opens up opportunities for your competitors to gain ground on you, for those competitors who will not stop marketing. So if you can, and if you can help it, do not stop marketing. You may rein back some of the marketing. You may try different things. But whatever you do, if you can, do not stop marketing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there was actually someone on a, one of the arrival webinars recently who mentioned, yeah, just stop marketing. What's the point? They, they have nothing to sell. I, every business has something to sell, um, whether it's through a crisis or not. And I thought it was the worst piece of advice I've ever heard in my life. And I, I, I do not say that lightly um, and I do not mean any offence to the person who said that uh, but for me it's the worst piece of advice you could give any business if you stop marketing now you may as well put the nail in the coffin of your business that's that's as blunt as I can get um, uh, no problem you are very very welcome uh, <laughs> thank you I'm glad you like my accent uh, hopefully you can understand it uh, Ander has a question you, as you mentioned that due to coronavirus, it's better to focus on 2021 booking. Is it better to generate general content like cultural facts, gastronomic issues, recipes to attract people to our website rather than focusing more on posts to sell products to our clients? No one will book with us. Yes. Um, focus content uh, on booking for 2021. Now, this is not to say that we are not able to hopefully generate bookings later in 2020, but there, no one knows how long this virus is going to last. I personally feel we're going to be in this for at least six months, uh, and some 
people. Peter Sign, for example, uh, I have mentioned that this could take 18 months to fully recover from this. Uh, and I was watching the news channels here today that because of this is a virus, that it can come back again in the winter time again. So we, the only thing we can really plan is for 2021, in my opinion, uh, for any sort of safeguards. And it's, it's planning for that. It's taking money now for future bookings, if you can, even if you're a day tour company, future plan for 2021 for people coming to your destination. Focus on locals as well to try and drum up interest. My guide will give you some information on that. Um, but now is the prime time to get out really inspirational content because you've got to remember is if people are stuck in their homes, I am working from home just now. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to not spread anything out there, uh, although I don't have anything. We're trying to obviously not catch and spread that around. Everyone's working from home. Everyone will be bored. Everyone will be going out of their minds, uh, <laughs> you know, um, being stuck at home all the time. Uh, so they are going to be suffering the web more, off, more and more often. They are going to be looking for inspiration uh, of where they can travel to further down the line. So anything that you can do content-wise that gives them inspiration, gives them cultural facts, as you say, gives them recipes. If you're a food tour company, it gives them things that they can do uh, and things to remember your business by. Uh, so when it does come round to the time when they can book uh, or where they are more inclined to book, they will remember you. And they will remember that, okay, that, that company uh, put out a lot of really good content. They seem to have survived this crisis. Let's book with them uh, for 2021. So, yeah, inspirational content, videos, written content, blogs, as much as you can. Show the life of your tour guide. Show behind the scenes of your business, how you're coping throughout all this. Play on the fact that you want your guests and your tourists and your customers to come back again to help rebuild your communities mention that in your marketing though this, australia have done have done a, a fantastic job with that after the forest fires and now coronavirus they're, they're trying to get locals to help scrub up business locally and, and, and get local business to help fund the businesses that are there and keep businesses afloat do similar marketing play on that and you'll hopefully come out stronger in the long run uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, when, when we get out of this mess, but hopefully we will still be able to sell products uh, and market for things happening at summertime onwards from 2020. Um, but like I say, no one knows what's going to happen this year. Uh, so my approach for most businesses is to say, in the meantime, for your destination, forget about 2020. Look at 2021. If we are able to do anything with 2020, see that as a bonus and we'll deal with that when it happens if we are able to market for that again and create bookings and, and generate income, et cetera, from 2020. Think of that as a bonus aim for 2021. That would be the advice I would give. Let me see if we get any more questions before we finish. We've got about another five minutes. So if you have, I don't see any more questions there. If you do have a question, feel free to post up. Uh, in the meantime, I hope this is the first ever digital tourism show live. Um, I hope to do more going forward, specifically because of, or especially because of what's going on, uh, being stuck at home, etc. Uh, hopefully do more of these videos online. Um, whether it's going to be through this platform or not, I'm not too sure. Um, I need to see how well this uh, uh, this platform has been perceived by everyone. Um, 
I may use a different platform because I might think it might be open to more and more people from what I can see. Um, But I hope this has been useful. Please do let me know in the chat or email me at chris at tourismmarketing.agency what you felt. Uh, Did you like this video? Did you like this this, this live edition of the show? Was it useful? Uh, What would you like to see uh, differently, maybe in, in, in in the second show? Um, if you have any questions I didn't get round to, please send them across. Um, uh, I want to try and offer as much advice during this crisis, after this crisis, as much as I can to try and get help everyone out there. I want to see everyone survive. I hope your business survives. I hope my business survives. You know, it's, it's unprecedented times that we're in at the moment. So let's all try to work together, try to get as much advice out there as possible. If you do have questions, my Facebook group for the Digital Tourism Show, post them on there. Email me, as I say, chris at tourismmarketing.agency. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on pretty much any channel that, that, that you come across. No, feel free to send me the questions and I will do my best to answer them. Uh, so I've got no more questions. Uh, Joe, Ander, you're very, very PH. You're very, very welcome. Um, uh, hopefully we can do this again. And uh, I think we'll just sign off now. So. Until the next show, in fact, what we'll do before we go is we have a few videos going up over the next uh, couple of weeks. So we've got some new chats going on with uh, uh, Alisa from Bites of Boston. We have Vicky Bruce from our, our whiskey tour, McLean and Bruce, which is a whiskey tour company here based in Scotland, what they're doing in terms of their marketing, etc., and a whole host of other videos. Um as well so there's going to certainly be lots and lots more content going out over the next few weeks so look out for them um and yeah uh, thank you to resde who uh, who are one of our sponsors for march and it's been a great help so thank you resde for that and so until the next live show uh, i shall hopefully speak to you all soon and like i say email me any questions and we'll hopefully hopefully we all survive uh, and we all get through this stronger at the other end Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time.